permissive use. John Price is here to talk about it, and now I'm, I'm looking ahead a little bit. Yeah, it's not you toss your keys to, to a friend and say, yeah, you know, run down to the store and get us a couple things, whatever. Uh, they get in a wreck, and you're looking through the fine print of the insurance going, oh, no, I don't, I, that person didn't, nobody had permission to drive my car but me. <laughs> and uh, the insurance company could, you know, be like, sorry, you're kind of stuck, right? On a creek, pat, no paddle thing, long walk off a short pier. <laughs> Kind of something like that. Right, right. <laughs> Let's talk about... Per- <laughs> that sums up our show. Kind of something like it's that. Kind of something like that. Well, let's talk about permissive views. Oh, you want to talk about it now? Well, I mean, that's... I thought like, you were going to a break and doing your thing or whatever. We already no. did, all, did all that. Yeah, we already did all that. <laughs> did and then, all that. then we talked to you and then we go to a break. Well, you know, permissive use is going to, generally speaking, be uh, designated or circumscribed by a few things. Uh, number one, the uh, terms of the state statute. Um, what we call our omnibus coverage, uh, and then by the terms of the policy, and then number three, by the uh, permission given by the named insured or the holder of the policy and owner of the vehicle uh, to whoever can drive the car. Um, a couple of things, whenever you do apply for your policy, you know, for your coverage with your agent, uh, they're going to ask you a few really key questions that go to the material um, agreement and in in, in just the heart of the core of the matter in, in your policy. And that's going to be, you know, who lives with you in the household is, that's going to be driving this yeah, car. Yeah, it's amazing that yeah. your rates are a little higher <laughs> yeah. if you've got teenagers yeah, in the right. house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when that 19-year-old with a couple of DUIs who's in the house and, you know, and you just kind of conveniently exclude his name from living in the house. I wouldn't. I'd kick him out of <laughs> yeah. my house. No yeah. kidding. Two Deweys by 19. <laughs> that could raise some red flags with the insurance company whenever he gets in a wreck because he wasn't listed as a, occupant, a, a, a member of the household. Because they, they take into account, like, you can say, like, okay, well, so-and-so lives with us, but we're not going to let him drive, so let's don't even put his name on the policy. But the insurance company says, wait a minute, you know, it's just human nature. That's, that's something when he's going to be getting in that car and running down to the grocery store for your... Or Anything running, can happen. Or running down to the liquor store for him to say, I want the two. But something like that. And so, you know, then things can happen. So that's going to, you know, always be honest enough front with the insurance company about who is living in the household at a time with you. Now, if you want to exclude someone from that coverage who's living in the household, you can specifically say to the insurance company, they live with us. But we're not going to let him drive. And and Jesse B is raising her hand over here from the front row of the classroom. So with families, you know, there's a lot of common sense that goes into it. But mm-hmm. what's what? Um, how does that work if you live with roommates and you may want to let your roommates drive the car? I mean, is that something you should have them listed as other drivers as well? Read the question closely. It's going to say who lives in that same household, which is in the apartment. Came, but you know, you should list them and be upfront that they have their maybe they have their own car. But if they're going to be a frequent driver of the vehicle. Uh, you know, you need to list their name if they're listening there. Now, generally, just avoid all trouble at, at later on. But generally speaking, if you give someone permission to drive your vehicle, uh, and, and, you, and you're and you're aware, as far as you're aware, there's, you know, they have a driver's license and blah blah blah. But the law recognizes that in the course of ordinary events, we're not going to sit there and take an application for everybody. We won't ask them to ride down to the store for us real quick or. Ride over to the side of town to pick up a friend or drive my car over here and meet me over here. Whatever, you know, you sure. give us some crazy little things. Follow there. me in this car right. and then we'll take it back. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But but the insurance companies are definitely interested in who's going to have a good shot, you know, at driving your car on a pretty normal basis. That's, you know, our usual kind of a basis. So that, again, roommates, yeah, you want to you reveal that. So, um, but the question becomes a lot of times, like when you tell somebody, you cannot drive my car. You cannot drive my car. I don't want you driving my car. And then sure enough, a few weeks later, they drive it and they're in a bad wreck and hurt somebody. And next thing you know, the insurance company is excluding coverage in that situation. And we used to see it years through the years with parents and teenagers. You know, parents would tell their teenagers, okay, you can drive this car, son. 
but don't you let none of your other friends drive it. Cause I know you're crazy friends, you know, and, and I don't know, or I don't know them boys, you know, and I don't know what, you know, I don't know how they drive it, but you don't let nobody else drive it. And as teenagers will do, they'll get together and all of them have their you know, little cars and other things. Next thing you know, they're swapping vehicles, you know, and with other, with other teenage occupants in the car. And then for whatever reason, teenagers, when they have a wreck, they usually have bad wrecks for some reason or another. Um, I guess they're driving a little faster, just being teenagers behind the wheel for a moment or two there. Bad wrecks can happen to anybody. And then the occupants of the vehicle um, are hurt and uh, usually very seriously injured. And, uh, and then the insurance company refuses to uh, cover uh, those injuries. That's because the parent says, well, I told my son not to let else drive it. And, he, mm-hmm. and those kids were not supposed to be driving my car. So, you know, then there's all kinds of ways. Of, um, there's, there's some ways to beat that, so to speak. But it, actually, it brings up a case. How coincidentally here, I just had to think about it. From about 28, 29, about 27, 28 years ago that I had, that went all the way up to the uh, Court of Appeals. And uh, we, what we found was, to make a long story as short as I possibly can, we found some special language in the uh, insurance policy that extended permissive use um, to the, uh, the scope of the use of the vehicle and not to the operation. And in that situation, I was able to argue that that expanded the coverage, even though the father had told the son. It was clear, pretty clear. He had told the son, don't let nobody else drive his car, and the, and the son did. Um, but we, I tried all other kinds of theories, but then I came across this fact during the course of the uh, discovery and uh, depositions that uh, we found out that the father had originally purchased the car uh, with the son's money that he'd gotten from a red case when he was a little kid a minor settlement, and they'd use that money later on in life to buy him a little car in high school. But the reason why they bought him the car, and still in the father's name and, and so forth, okay, is helped by the father. But the reason they bought him the car was so that he'd have a car to take his friends to go to ball practice or to go to the school events. So just basically all the socializing, the things that really gets on parents' nerves when they have to go, oh, i got to take the kid to so-and-so. i got to take the kid to you know, the soccer sure, moms, the soccer dads, whatever, you know, going everywhere in town. So basically what it was in this situation, I was able to show the Supreme Court that by the expansive language of the uh, policy involved, that it was uh, that it was within the scope of the use, the nature of the use, uh, which is more broader than operation than actual who is the driver. He, the son, was actually using the vehicle in a way that the father intended it to, which was to socialize with all of his friends and be somewhere, and, and him be off in the car somewhere sure. with his friends, so that the dad wouldn't have to be there, or the or the mother, you know, the parent would not have to be actually transporting. So, and, and the actual use of the vehicle, even though they swapped vehicles momentarily, and there was this bad wreck. Um, we were able to get coverage for the occupants of the vehicles uh, due to the permissive use. And it was, and it was a new uh, it expanded language. It was the first time that the um, that we were able to find a policy in South Carolina where the insurance policy actually expanded the language. Yeah. From the, well, you got to so, be very anyway. careful. I mean, this is a good way to maybe talk to your insurance provider and just have a checkup mm-hmm. about this very thing, permissive use, which you can find out more about at the johnpricelawfirm.com. And- at johnpricelawfirm.com. If you, if you want to read that case specific, go ahead and look up on, go ahead and uh, Google uh, State Farm and Maryland Casualty Insurance Company versus Curvin and others. Uh, that's oh, I'll nice, get that's right nice on that. I know, you, I know you love that reading. <laughs> you have, it's got some direct quotes from me there. I yeah. already told through the Supreme Court. I mean, come on, man. I got your docket <laughs> right here. <laughs> uh, give us a call at johnpricelawfirm.com or go to web. Give us a call at 888-67-LEGAL or go to johnpricelawfirm.com if you need any help or advice. We'd be more than happy to talk to you for free and give you a free initial consultation. Very good. Well, uh, Thank you, Buck. Always, thanks for the info, Mr. Price.